I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 30, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot of stuff going on. We had a nice big gap down this morning. We had another one of those buy the dip crowd slash reversals finishing near the highs of the day. We also had some of the big boys reporting earnings after the bell. We had Facebook, Amazon, Google, and we might as well look at Apple in real time as they're about to report their numbers. I'll just talk while Apple's chart is up on the screen, and then once they report earnings, we'll see it go wild in one direction or the other. Seems like 400 has the writing on the wall. It's at 390 right now. Everything else was up. Amazon was up a couple hundred bucks or close to it. Uh, Facebook is up 20 bucks. Google was up a little bit. Not much after hours. There you go. 394, 395. They'll get it to 400, maybe come up short, pull back a little bit, or spike it through. That's generally the way it works. And there you have it. They're at 398. We're not going to waste a lot of time in this. I thought it would be just interesting. And there you go. So they pull it back, coming up short. You see, it's just a rodeo. Nothing more, nothing less. Here comes 400. There's 400. They printed over 400. And there you have it. So let's get back to the daily chart of the SPY. We'll take into account those things happening. And let's discuss A, what happened today. And B, what's likely to happen going forward. So first, we eyeball the trend. The trend is your friend until it's not, until the very end. Today, they came back to the 20-period moving average, which is also known as home base, but they never filled the gap. What's that horizontal line? 318.92. We should all be familiar with that number. They never filled the gap again. They've made too many attempts. Next time, they finally come down to do the gap. They're likely not going to stop at the gap. Now, with a clean slate, what do we have on the docket for tomorrow? Tomorrow's Friday. All the big boys reported, regardless of whatever their numbers were, we don't care what the numbers were. What we care about is how the market reacted to whatever they did report. So they're all up. That means that the NASDAQ is up, and it is. And also, and what you'll find inside the numbers later on when we get to it is we were eyeballing them filling a gap up at 325.20. They're actually above that now. You can see where they are, 326. That's as a result of those companies reporting their numbers and the market spiking up in the aftermarket or after-hour session. So what do we say about that? They did the thing after the market closed. You can see here in the last post of the day inside the numbers, Meager attempt at the jam session too early. Sometimes what they do and what I refer to as a jam session is when they jam the market up higher into the closing bell. Today was a good opportunity. It would have been a good excuse to go fill the gap. What did they do? They just waited till after the close for those companies to report their earnings and then they had the jam session. So what do we say here? They'll either do it as a result of the big boy earnings releases or they'll kill the futures after the close. So if they didn't like, meaning they, the market, didn't like what the big boys had to say, they would have killed the futures. They didn't do that. They jammed them higher. And that's what we have. 
So while we're here, we might as well take a look at the pre-market commentary, the rest of the commentary throughout the day, take a look at stocks on the move, then we'll get back to the charts, the SPY, and others. Remember that 90-day cycle thing we talked about last night? It was pretty interesting when we woke up this morning and everything was down, or if you're like me and you're up in the middle of the night and everything is down, you're kind of scratching your head saying, hey, it's kind of funny how that works. Then they had the reversal. Now we're having a jam session in the aftermarket session. So the 90-day cycle thing, while it may still work out tomorrow, unless something crazy happens overnight or in the morning, tomorrow is poised to be an up day. So we'll take a look at the chart again of the SPY and we'll talk about some stuff. We're not finished over there. Let's go through some of the commentary and then we'll go back. So early in the day, we had a beat on what was going on. We knew where the resistance was. We knew where the support was. We had an eyeball on that 319 deal. We've done that before and we'll likely do it again, but they still came up short and traded away. That's bullish. We know how that works. But early on, the buy the dip crowd wasn't there yet, so we have to focus on what was happening inside the numbers early in the day. 322 was important. You see it here at 934 322 was a pivot again if they closed below meaning short-term candles if they get below 322 if they're making a beeline somewhere where are they going 320 you see it also right up here again at 941 moving along a little bit now here's where we're citing the resistance without closing at least some 10 and 15 minute candles above 322 they're going to pay a visit toward the big fat round numbers the big fat round numbers are 320 in the SPY and 3200 in the ES. Five minute chart, you know the routine, right of the vertical, today's activity, and there you have it. 322, so look where the opening print was. 321.90 right underneath 322. And if you read the notes, what you saw is if the market opens above or below 322, that's going to tell a tale. Below was weaker. They try to rally back up. They fail. What do they do? They make a beeline for 320. They came up short of the gap, but traders understand. Maybe I should phrase it this way. Traders should understand that if you have a position, in this case, let's just say you're shorting around 322. So we take a short position, we want to ride it down to the big fat round number, or maybe at the time we're potentially thinking in terms of the gap. That's fine. What do we do? We take profit along the way. What do we have once they get below 320? We have the remaining position on. We have a small piece of what's left. It's called a trailer. Does a pro trader ever have, any trader treating this as a business, does any trader ever have a full position left at final target? And the answer is, if you do, you're not treating this as a business. If you don't, then you're correct. And by the way, at the time, we're looking for the gap to be support. At least I was. Lighter volume, quiet market, it wasn't really a debacle in the making, it was just down. Back to the notes. 955 check this out and there you have it so that's the 320 they could go lower but the 80 20 rule says we'll get a bounce in and around the big fat round numbers what did we do we got a bounce in and around the big fat round numbers hashtag reading the tape and moving right along and there's your gap 10 o'clock 318.92 is the prize the how and the when is the trick moving right along so now on the way back up 
we want to cite the resistance. They already did the thing on the downside. Now they've turned around 321.40. 322 should be overhead resistance. Back to the chart. We'll insert one more line in there. 321.40. So on the way back up, 321.40 should be resistance. They spike it by a few pennies. And then what happens? They come back down. Once they come back up, is it the same? Of course not. Then what are they doing? They're going to 322. 322 was the pivot. What happens once they get above 322? They come for a quick retest or back test and take off to the upside. What happens if they stay above 322? Well, it's not bearish anymore. It's bullish. Read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. See what happened after the notes were posted. Here you go at 10.30. Any trader that painted by the numbers did just fine. We're going to get to some stocks on the move. So when you couple together what was going on here inside the numbers in the commentary plus stocks on the move, it was a pretty good morning for many, many, many traders. 10.40, you can see 3.22 coming up. So now we've already got the setup working after an hour's worth of trading. If they go back down below the low of day, they're going to go get the gap. Until and unless that happens, no dice. 322, start closing candles above. That would be a bear fumble. It pays to know this stuff during the trading day. In case a trader wanted to stay short, you know above 322, no dice. You don't want a pie in the face. And here's one other thing. Back to the chart. I talk about this quite frequently. I think it's worth doing it again. So the market's gapping down. What about the traders that sell into the selling pressure? They're selling into the hole. What's likely to happen when you sell into the hole? You're likely to get whipped out of the market. What does selling in the hole mean? Selling in the hole means that you think the market's going down. You see it going down. You get FOMO. You think you're missing it. All of a sudden, you sell in here or you sell down here. And then what happens? The market goes like this, you get a quick pie in the face, and you go with your tail between your legs to cover the trade, saying to yourself, I fucking did it again. Hint, don't sell in the hole. Sometimes it works. The majority of the time, it's not going to work. Flip the 80-20 rule around on its head. About 80 plus percent of the time, it's not going to work. Moving right along. Here's an awareness thing, 1231. What happens in light volume quiet markets? It doesn't take a lot to cause a quick and larger move in either direction. How do we know that? We discussed it yesterday for one. We're talking about 325.20. They didn't get there today until after market, but still, what support? 322. Moving right along. I urge you to read the notes. I urge you to go back to the charts. I urge you, if you're at all active in the market during the day, Consider that this is helpful stuff. How about 137? Very quiet. Here's the deal going forward. They've likely run out of steam for a while. Pullbacks are normal. Staying above 322, it sounds like a broken record, but guess what? It was the pivot. 322 leaves them in a position to try for another lay higher in an effort to fill the gap at 325 and change. For example, let's say they put in a higher low and start back up. We see that all the time, yada, yada, yada. So just for visual purposes, this is what I was referring to. So you have this big move up. They run out of steam somewhere in here. The concept was you get a pullback in here and then a lower high and then take off to the upside, make new highs, fill the gap. They do that a lot. They didn't just do it during the market today. They did it after the market session today. But that was the concept of what I was thinking about. Moving right along. 
Here's where we start thinking. End of the day jam session was a question. Didn't happen. Moving right along. And there's the end of the day. You already saw that post. About stocks on the move. We'll take a look at the ones that hit their price objectives. We had Pi, COP, Baxter, and Chef. Take note of the entries. Let's go to the charts. How about a little reverse pie in the face? Haircut at the open, 2260 was the number posted bright and early. You get the bounce off that number. The high is 2401. Doesn't sound like a lot. 40 cents on a $22 stock is just what the doctor ordered and then some. At a bare minimum, you take something, put it in your pocket, comes back down to where you bought it, you're out, you still guaranteed yourself a profit, you move on. That's the worst case scenario in that type of strategy. Or you take it all off, you throw a few hundred bucks in your pocket or whatever it was, and you move on to the next trade. ConocoPhillips, it's haircut at the open, two numbers posted on the board, 3715, 3589. Here was the low from the second number, 3590, bunch of front runners. But you see the takeaway, you see how the numbers work. Again, this was one of those scenarios where the numbers were relatively close together. Doesn't feel like it when you're in the trade, I get that, but can make an equal case for a bounce or support at either number. So I put them both up. Paint by numbers is you would have been filled at the second price. You're halfway home or halfway in between as your new price or average cost and then it takes off to the upside anyway. So either way was a base hit. Here's a different chart just so you see. Stock made a high shortly thereafter, 38.20. Nothing wrong with that. You get a dollar from the first entry. It's a base hit. How you doing? The numbers work. You don't know which ones are going to go on the rocket ride. You collect the base hits until you hit one out of the park. You never know when the pitcher's going to just groove one. How's Baxter doing? This is what we signed up for. Haircut at the open. Big haircut at the open for Baxter. Two numbers. They're a buck apart. They're close together. Make the same case for both numbers. Guess what? You split the difference. Your average cost is 84 bucks. You finish the day at 86. Two bucks. You move on. Have a nice day. How about Chef? How you doing? Here's the low in this candle, 11.95. The low in this candle, 11.95. The number posted on the board this morning, 11.95. Need I say more? Quick rocket ride. The rest is history. Put it in perspective. 11.95, $12 stock, 1% is 12 cents. 2% is 24 cents. Within minutes, this thing was at a high of 12.55, and the high all the way over here was 12.73. So on percentage terms, this was a nice trade to the penny. Apples, you know the story, you gotta love them apples. Back to the SPY, so let's check this out. So they're right around 327. Here's the real-time stuff going on, so let me move this over. The high so far has been 326.91. So let's understand the significance of 327. Back to the daily chart, and check this out. So the high over here, 327.20. The high in this candle, 327.23. They're challenging these highs above all the moving averages. The market's in an uptrend. What are they trying to do? They're going to try and fill the gap. Don't know if they do it tomorrow. However, that's what they would be on their way headed to do if, in fact, tomorrow they start getting above the 327 area, these highs start closing hourly above there, gap above there, all that stuff opens the door to fill the gap. 
hard to believe, need to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Let me address this since the emails will likely flood in tonight. Are we still looking for a top? And the answer is, yes we are. Time is more important than price. I don't know what price the top will come in. What happens if the top over the next week or so comes in at that gap? Do you think that would be an area that we would expect a reaction in the other direction? And the answer is, whether it's at the gap or slightly above the gap, the answer is, hell yeah. When we say we're looking for signs and signals of a trend change, those are things that are taught in the course. That's how we're going to identify where this top is going to come in. When it's going to come in, we're in the zone. Remember what we said yesterday, just because we're in the zone, like yesterday being, for example, day one, doesn't mean yesterday's the top. Could have been, and by the way, let's say the market turns around, we wake up Friday morning and they're killing the thing, yesterday's high would still technically be another top. I'm not saying that's going to happen, I'm just saying, well, that's it, I'm just saying. And by the way, was today, meaning this morning, and this is post-Fed stuff, so Yesterday, they jammed the market higher with the Fed. Today, they drop it. Was that just post-Fed shenanigans slash rope-a-dope stuff, shakeout operation, all that stuff? You don't know it at the time, but when you look back and take away something, we can always learn something from every movement the market makes. So we look back and we say, hey, so yesterday, they jam them up with the Fed. They drop them right after the Fed. It's kabuki theater. We know all that stuff. They missed the gap again. They're in an uptrend above all the moving averages. They're just creeping higher. Eventually, we're going to see a spike out of this. Looks like tomorrow is likely the day. If this morning, and let's just take a look at the flip side for learning purposes. Let's say this morning, they got down here, they filled the gap, and they started closing hourly below the gap. We're having a different conversation. This would still be support. That's an important spot. This entire candle is important. That's a reversal candle. We would be having a different conversation, but we're having the conversation we're having based on what the market did. We have no choice but to read the current tape. We're going to be watching the weekly close on Friday. What happens if they close the week above last week's pivot high? What's that high? Same number. 327.23. Look at this stuff up here. Look what we have working Friday. So we have a huge breakdown candle high, we have the tail high from last week, and we have a gap up above. They're getting into, or at least trying to get into, no man's land. Same chart from the daily chart, just looks different. It's good to get multiple visuals to put everything in perspective. Camp IWM. So interestingly enough, they finished flat on the day, were weak earlier, finished flat but it's the same thing as the spy look what they're doing they're up a little bit in the after hours but not nearly as much as the spy but same routine above the moving averages riding the moving averages riding the 200 eating time off the clock looking to go fill the gap up above we talk about this one every single night there's no change how about our canary in the coal mine this is a number one favorite canary in the coal mine any change here no absolutely not same routine stuck in the mud today a little bit didn't really go anywhere had the up move yesterday before all the stuff that happened after thursday's close canary in the coal mine that's the way it works a lot of times the transports will make a move 
ahead of other stuff, which is why we're calling it a canary in the coal mine. Can't always or hardly ever act on that stuff. However, it's good to know when we see it happening, other charts, other stuff is happening, we put it on the table as a puzzle piece. It helps us uncover what the picture is shaping up to be. Look at this. Up move. All they've been doing is eating time off the clock after an hourly big, huge up candle. A big breakup candle. That was that 10.30 candle from yesterday. What's the 120-minute chart look like? You have a big breakup candle, eating time off the clock, really in the upper portion, mostly in the upper portion of the breakup candle, above the moving averages. The moving averages are sloping up. You're challenging these highs. Again, this is like the duck stuff. The writing is on the wall. When it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's going to be a duck the majority, the large majority of the time. The transports are telling you higher prices are coming. They're also telling me. What about the Silicon Valley people, the Qs? Well, look what's going to happen to the Qs tomorrow. They're at 265 and a half, close the day here at 261 and change. They're going to have a big move again to new highs. Has there been anything wrong with the Qs? Has it been an uptrend? As long as we stay below the breakdown candle high, then there was a little bit of trouble here. What if we break above or gap above the breakdown candle high? Well, guess what? You know the answer. The same energy that would have been released to the downside had this bearish pattern played out, right? This is a bearish wedge pattern. Come down like this into the 20 or 50 period moving average or more. That same energy that would have been releasing to the downside is now going to be released in the upside Friday morning as long as everything stays the same. What about the financials? So the financials didn't do anything today. So this is interesting in and of itself. So is this telling a tale? Will they turn around tomorrow? Are they not going to participate and we're going to have a gap in crap? Who knows? All I'm saying is these are all awarenesses. We have to be aware that if we do not, meaning do not get participation from the financials if the market is spiking up. You have to take notice. It will become a puzzle piece, and it will be on the table. Smash Mouth, again, make new highs up 3 bucks today. They'll be up more tomorrow as long as everything stays the same. They're going to push around 170 The trend is your friend until the very end or until it doesn't work anymore. Right now, the trend is up. Still, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? True, accurate information. Here comes the ripcord. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. So we're going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.